I think it's important to learn. It's something I've never been very good at is marketing. It's one of the reasons I'm I'm here my, you know, now. You've got to work out what you're not very good at. I, th I think you just got to be very straightforward and honest with yourself. Welcome to Lawagon Live. This week we have Tom Ansell speaking to us, founder of Wirebull and CTO of ShopUp Limited. Tom was originally in commercial real estate in London before taking the leap and moving to Bangalore to set up his first startup called Gallo in 2013. Being inspired by ethical business, he set up Wireball with Agni Barathi in 2014 and has never looked back. He's an expert in early stage startups, an entrepreneur and angel investor, and has a mission to improve capitalism through startups, technology and innovation. He's also a CTO for fashion app ShopUp. So keep listening to hear all his secrets. I started essentially in social sciences. And I think that's kind of been a key thread of, of what um, I've been involved in throughout my career predominantly. I, I then went into a very kind of traditional consulting role as a kind of trainee consultant in the real estate industry primarily. A lot of focus around kind of green uh, and the kind of the, the green property movement at the time. It was the biggest um, carbon emitter in the biggest industry, um, carbon emitter. Then I moved directly into um, a startup which is called Gralo, which is around, around shared event transport. And I set that up in India. Um, I've been in India and in and out of India for the last six years, um, working with, within the kind of startup space there. And in, f in, the, in 2014, I set up Wireball, which is this tech for good incubator. We're also a tech consultant. We work almost entirely with, with startups. Um, and have had a kind of roller coaster ride of uh, you know multiple different experiences, startups, um, helping with their tech, helping with them with funding, um, business plans, pretty much everything under the sun. So yeah, hopefully that gives you a flavour of, of where we where I am now. Um, also, obviously, I'm CTO of ShopUp, they're they're one of the companies that was in the incubator, and we've developed that out since. Yeah, great. And what was the reason of the inception of Wireball? And can you tell us what it is for people who doesn't know yet? As I touched on, Wireball is a, a tech consult consultant, and it, you know, it, it essentially supports startups in in the technology space. But we also help with with the funding, with um, with business models, with investment decks, with investment raising. Um, that that whole that whole spiel and can you tell us a bit about the incubator like do you have tips for people who want to build a, a product a business or even an mvp yeah so i mean the, the incubator is and and wireball if we go back to the wireball piece it's it's, a, it's focused around social and environmental impact and, and that comes out of an interest in capitalism and kind of improving the way that capitalism is run um so we, we bring startups into the very early stages, um, sorry, the startups from the very early stages into the incubator. Invariably, they need some kind of product um, that they want to they build out. And that's where the tech expertise comes in, building out an MVP in as quick, quick a time as possible, in the, you know, as least cost possible as well. Um, and it's kind of as simple as that. But, you know, I, I've also been in the same situation where you're building a product and you're thinking, oh, there could be this, it could be that, and, and, and you get very caught up in your own mind and the kind of potential technical questions. Um, 
So it's about sort of streamlining that process and, and getting through it as quickly as possible um, and in the most lean manner possible too. Yeah, so in your opinion, how can you sustain um, a startup and when it grows and you know you talk about a lean way of you know, thinking the startup, how you can be also data driven at the beginning, for example? So, I mean, the, the data-driven aspect is a, is a really important one. Because we work with um, such early-stage businesses, the, often they're pre-revenue, -reven almost, almost invariably pre-revenue, kind of at the concept stage. Um, so it, what's, what's really nice is to be able to create an um, infrastructure where you can collect the data that you want to collect on the product, on the, on the sales side, on, on, on all of the kind of key KPIs. Um, and if you're able to, to achieve that at the beginning, then you've got a really good infrastructure for analyzing the development of the business through the metrics and, you know, essentially having a data-driven approach. Um, on the flip side, every single day you're trying to make decisions which you can't, you don't have the data at your fingertips and you just got to go, you know, largely with your intuition, I think. So, you know, data-driven all sounds fantastic, and, and until we're kind of in a, an era of total AI-dominant software and applications, you've got, to, you've got to be human about it as well. You've got to kind of make your own intuition, you know, just engage with the people that are in front of you. And, and, and there's, you can't forget that everything we do, no matter what the software, no matter what the technology involved, it's, there's always a human element involved. Yeah, seem um, perfect. But as a CEO of Wireball, um, how do you encourage innovation in the startups you incubate and even in your team to be able to, I don't know, face competition, stuff like that? I, I think it starts with, with a problem, right? And, that, and then it's about how you go about that problem. And um, I mean, I was just talking to a developer today and he was actually having a problem with um, managing somebody he was working with. and. You know, actually, it was just as simple as um, he wasn't getting the information from from the individual he was he needed. He, you know, that um, he was talking to, but you know, it was just a case of basic googling and just thinking a little bit beyond, like, oh, this guy's not giving me the information. Um, and then it's you know, it's about creating um, kind of pathways in your mind which allows you to allow you to problem solve. Um, and, and, and I think that is inspired by um, taking in like different uh, you know, multiple elements of um, stimulation which allow your brain to develop you know, different scenarios and come up with different problem solving ideas. But yeah, I mean innovation is born out of problem solving and you know, humans are quite good at it but we're also a bit sort of foolhardy when it comes to kind of in the environment and social issues as well. But yeah, we always talk about innovation for startups as, you know, probably the main important thing in a startup. Do you think there are other things that are also as important as innovation or? You know, you know, I, I don't actually think innovation is key to the startup world. I think there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of rhetoric about, about that. Um, you know, most startups that I see that do well do work out one, two, or three kind of key factors which make them different and just do it very well. And it's not necessarily hugely innovative. Um, yeah, I'm sure people would, would disagree with me, but, um, you, you know, the, the, the ones that the VCs like are the ones that 
you've got a bunch of competitors that are doing something very differently. They've got a kind of a decent track record. They can raise some funds. Um, then it's just about execution, and it's a, and it's not about your employees or your team actually being innovative. They they actually just need to focus on on doing their kind of job really well. Uh, sadly, so yeah, I, I I think it's worth questioning that. Um, and as a CEO, can you tell us more about you know the the, the position of being a CEO um, about you know expectation and what is really being a CTO in everyday life and. Uh, who, who here is a CEO? I mean, we can all call ourselves CEOs. I mean, there are a lot of startup founders that, um, you know, like myself, when I when I started my first business, you, you call yourself a CEO, and you know that's fucking marvelous, isn't it? <laughs> um, but yeah, I bet I bet you know some CEOs. You know, oh yeah, I'm a founder of a business, and uh, I'm a CEO. There's a lot of rhetoric like that. Um, you know, what 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 do you? What, what do you do as a CEO? You, I, I think it's important to, to learn. I, something I've never been very good at is marketing. That's one of the reasons I'm, I'm here my, you know, now. Um, you, you know, you've got to be able to sell yourself. Otherwise, you, you know, you know, it doesn't really work in a capitalist world. You've got to work out what you're not very good at. I, th I think you know, something I've learned is you've just got to be very straightforward and honest with yourself. And, and you know, also with everybody you're working with. Um, You know, you typically have to push a little bit harder. You know, if you go and work for Google or something, then I, I, and I suppose I'm talking about kind of startup founders. But if if you're if you're if you go and work for a, you know, a great company like Google, and you manage to get in, you you can take home a lovely paycheck, and you have to work hard and as hard as your peers. But um, you know, a CEO. Of, of an early stage business might need to kind of go beyond that from time to time um, to make it go from you know something to nothing and, and it's that extra kind of few percent which I think makes does make a big difference um, and doing that at the right times uh, and being able to understand you know the difference between the kind of the stuff which is just noise and you know where you're where you're going and you know the important elements of of the business that you're you're, you're You're working on. Um, you talk about environment and all the stuff when you try to choose companies in in your incubator, but is it really um, uh, really important, like in when you choose companies and when you deal with I don't know ethical issues or stuff like that? How do you do? How do we yeah. choose the um, around their social and environmental yeah. credentials? We don't actually have a sort of serious method behind our social and environmental. Um, Uh, impact or, or the, the companies that we work with and their social and environmental impact. It, it's it, and, and I think it means a lot to, to different people. So we've got a certain uh, you know uh, combination of ethics which you know we think are going to be beneficial for society and the environment. And uh, and it's pretty obvious which businesses are going to have a big impact. Um, you know the environment is. I'm, I'm reading this. Lovely, um, this book, the autobiography of James Lovelock, which who, who's a scientist who who, who you know, talked about the climate change issues in like the uh, as early as the 60s, you know, and so the environment is clearly a massive, massive problem. Um, so anything that's doing something genuinely positive there is, uh, you know, obviously kind of high on our agenda. We're working with a um, a goods sharing 
company, e-commerce, it's kind of e-commerce 3.0, 2.0, whatever you want to call. So instead of buying stuff as you would in Amazon, you'll, you'll borrow a lawnmower or a um, tum I, don't, I don't know, maybe somebody tumble dryer, um, like a desk or wh whatever it is, um, uh, which is good because obviously you're not creating so much new stuff and you know this whole consumer economy is a, is a very naive idea that you know we 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 worked well in the 40s and the 50s but you know now we've got 6 7 billion and counting um doesn't really work so you know moving away from those kind of those environmental kind of degradation or the environmental degradation is 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 a is an important factor equally socially you know that is a big ethical question like you know do you believe in, in, in social equality? You know, is equality the right you know, ethic or moral to be pursuing? You know, we, we gen tend to think, you know, it's better to have less um, inequality and, 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 and therefore kind of people out of poverty and that kind of thing. But it's very hard to fund um, businesses which are aimed at, you know, s the socially and economically limited uh, demographics, right? So, so then you have to find a kind of sensible business case in between the two. Yeah, and on top of that, are you looking for I don't know a special mindset for on companies or you know on the team you select? Yeah, I mean founders are, are pretty key. You, you know, we 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 as an incubator, we're we're vested in the in in the companies that we're we're working with. So we want them to succeed, and so we want to be working with the best people. That's that's fairly natural. Um, and then you know, f equally, we're a technical incubator um, primarily. You know, we do we do what we support on the investment side um, and on the, on kind of the day to day as well. And it's very sort of personal. And um, you know, we we try to make sure that the companies we work with um, have a good fit for what we do. Um, so that. You know, ultimately, it's it, it's a rewarding um, journey for each each business, and you know, both us and them, and we we see it as a kind of synergy or a uh, you know a, a way that both businesses can can grow together, um, rather than the kind of cohort approach to most other incubators. And so, can you tell us a bit more about company you represent, such as robotics or gravity, for example? So I, I told you about Shabby, which. Um, which is this is very cool sharing site which we're work, working with. Gr Gravity is the kind of the most well-known company that we're working with, uh, and that's with a guy called uh, Richard Browning, who's a, a genuine innovator. And um, Richard has created a jet suit like Iron Man, and you might have seen it on um, the news, but uh, it's it's pretty insane. He just sort of flies around with with <laughs> with a jet suit, and. Um, and he, he, I think he's got like the Guinness World Record for, you know, whatever random Guinness World Record that would be. Um, and and we are, we're doing a bit of work on his heads-up display. So his, his heads-up display, which is essentially a visor which feeds information into his, uh, from his smartphone into, into the visor, um, will tell him like how much fuel he's got left and, and the speed at which he's going. And hopefully he's not going to kind of crash and burn as a result of it. Um, so far, so good. Um, and uh, yeah, he's, he's making really, really big waves at the moment. And that's, that's, that's pretty cool. He, he started the business on a farm in Devon, um, just playing around with like power, kerosene engines and just like 
throwing himself from from one side of the dairy to the next um, and kind of hurting himself and getting up and you know now he's doing some pretty cool stuff and he's all over the the world so you know hats off to him and you seem to give them a lot of technical advice you know on this company since you have a, a huge technical background so do you often help them on some i don't know software aspects or stuff like that yeah our, our focus is um I mean, s software and, and strategy, I suppose. And, and, it's, and it's sort of typically early stage. Y you know, it, it's, um, th there's, if you speak to a VC, they'll say, okay, you, you need to have an internal tech team. And, you know, we're probably not going to invest in anybody without a kind of technical co-founder or certainly a kind of internal tech team in, in the UK. You know, I, I, I actually think that's, that's a bit of a rigid approach. And um, we've got a team out in Bangalore who are very talented and um, can build out MVPs off the back. You know, they understand how to build an MVP like the back of their hand and can do it you know, in, a, in, a, in a very kind of quick process. And then, then it's about management and building that tech team. You know, obviously, it's useful to have an internal tech team, but if, if the business model is quite tight, you know, m maybe you want to think about outsource tech and, and that kind of thing. Um, so we do a lot of MVPs and, um, and, and a lot of sort of strategy with, with some other companies. We, you know, we're picking up kind of machine learning pieces um, and it's kind of th often theoretical. And then how do we pitch that to investors and how do we, y y you know, convey the, the upside to the business whilst there are problems internally as well? Um, and you've got to kind of fight that battle of... Um, keeping positive throughout because there's always going to be a problem it's just about you know maintaining a matter ma of time like yeah yeah maintaining positivity throughout the, the process because you kind of you believe that it's going to work and you mentioned a bit about uh business advices you give to uh to company you represent uh do you have any tips or insight for i don't know pitching how to pitch to investors or and how to raise money and yeah, like that. I, I remember the note that I wrote on this. Um, I'm no expert, so, so sorry to disappoint. But um, but we we have done a lot of investment kind of raises and processes before. You know, essentially it breaks down to kind of ensuring that you've got the right collaterals. So you know, do do you have the right um, decks, the right like short films, um, data in the collaterals? you know then you break down to the kind of exactly what's in the in in the in the collaterals but you know essentially any startup will want to have a um if they're going out to raise you know they should have a teaser which is like a one pager a a, a deck which is maybe 15 slides i would have thought at best you know you don't really need a business plan in in my opinion particularly for the very early kind of pre-seed seed stages um a deck is is probably enough um, so, you know, getting those collaterals right and, and, and obviously what's in those collaterals is critical. So, you, you know, key is key to that is that I think most, most pe investors will look at the team. They're investing in people similar with VCs, early stage VCs. So, you know, having the right credentials and the right network is, 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 is very important. And then, and then once you've got your collaterals, no matter what that is, you're moving into a stage of. You know, and I just break it down into a sales process. Um, you're trying to raise 150 grand SEIS or a million pounds at a, at a C day, and you need to qualify potential prospects. You need to 
then you know get them to commit take a term sheet and you know send the money into the bank you know unless the money's in the bank you're you know you're not there yet and 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 that's just any kind of sales process so you can speak to any sales guy and they'll they'll tell you what you need to do there so yeah i mean you know it's very important to have a network i think in in these fundraising processes and you know i would i would potentially advise against people to to raise money if they um if they didn't have you know a handful of people that they they think that would throw money at them about an idea because it's otherwise it's it's hard work and i do think many of you are interested in entrepreneurship and um etc and do you have any kind of i don't know exercise to prepare inter inter um, uh, to prepare um, uh, entrepreneurship instead of i don't know starting your own company and try to anticipate things I mean, it's kind of like my, my answer to the CEO, I suppose. Um, any other things about entrepreneurship? The, you know, be, I, I like to sort of, you know, there's, there's a trend at the moment about um, you know, a lot of people are moving jobs much more regularly. Um, there's much less certainty as a result of kind of disruption as a result of technology. So uh, you, the entrepreneurial life is, is a relatively lonely place often. Um, because you're kind of in your own uh, own space and you're kind of you, you're forging a, a, a slightly different path um, and you're managing people rather than um, being managed and then I think it's about dealing with with the risk and and that volatility of you know the ups and the downs and and just taking things not too seriously um, I think that's probably the most the kind of the best takeaway I'd, I'd, I would say at my, at my point in time which is I don't know 10 years into doing entrepreneurial stuff is just just don't take it too seriously because you know you, you've got to get up the next day and enjoy yourself so we talk a lot about wireable can you tell us more about um, shop up and what do you do as a cto of this company so um shop up is i've, I've written it down mobile first and female only retail aggregator so i think of kind of assos but it's it, it's female female focused so they've 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 th kind of isolated a market and this is run by a um uh, a guy who's been in the kind of the top consulting industry or top consulting companies in in the world and then he went to INSEAD and did an MBA and so he's he's done a lot of research around kind of the market um he's launched an MVP he's got some very good metrics um and now we've come on board to support him uh, as a kind of as as a technical support uh, in a sort of technical support role for the software and the te technology development of the business and you, what shop up is is trying to do is to create a supreme user experience for their female only clientele um in in a kind of demographic of kind of 25 to, to 50 And, and just giving them a, the, the best user experience alongside that aggregator model, which, which ASOS and Zolanda and a number of others, a number of others run. So there's quite a technical back end, um, if we get into the, the, the tech side a bit, um, which, which uses third-party feeds. And, um, and then you know, internally, we have a, um, the ability to manipulate how, you know, what is shown and trying to Then we start moving into the machine learning piece and, and, and personalization. But, you know, ultimately at this sort of at this point in time for us, it's all about user experience. Um, and we're just about to launch the, the second version of the app and, um, and then hopefully raise a Series A in, in, in a few months' time. 
And can you tell us uh, now which technology you are working in ShopUp? You mentioned machine learning, for example. Yeah, the, the, the machine learning part um, is conceptual at this stage. So we're, we're looking at the different technologies that we could use. There's a comp company called Selden, which does some really interesting um, open source machine learning infrastructure. Um, Google and Amazon also have you know, their own versions of, of this kind of base machine learning uh, platform. You know, as a, as tech as a sort of tech company, it's it's mobile only. Um, so we 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 are actually building you know just a, a fairly straightforward um, front end, and uh, you know we're using C sharp in the back end, and you, you know you know it, as as you'd build any any application, it's it, it's it's a bunch of APIs meeting meeting um, you know the front and the back end, and and, and but. You know the the value is in the experience and the the quality of the experience and and making sure that that works for the the customer and taking them smoothly to check out and allowing them to buy stuff. And as a CTO, how much did you code or do code reviewing in your in this company? It's it's, it's always a tricky one. My experience is that it, it, it's you know the, the idea of code reviewing is is excellent, but the implementation of that after a fast paced um, project is 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 less sort of um, practically it doesn't happen as as really as often as you'd might like. You, you know, at this stage, you've got and you've got to find the balance between kind of delivering a seamless technical. And this, and this is such a problem that so many technical start or technology startups face is that they overbuild, they over philosophize from a technolo technolo technology perspective um, to begin with. And you never get off the ground. You never market the thing. You know, I, I'm not actually tent. I don't code myself, so I try and take a more pragmatic view. So you know, it, it's important to be writing quality code with basic, the basic kind of uh, fundamentals delivered. But you know, let's not get too hang hung up about it until we've got you know a bunch of users who are who are you know waiting on our on our next move because only then have we got a business of any interest. And how big is the is your team in general in this company? And what's the either more developers or more business? I don't know. The business part is more important, or uh, we're, we're predominantly technical, and um, we're, we're about ten at the moment. We you know depends with contractors who, who who's working. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it, it's myself and a couple of others in the UK from a business perspective. And then, and then technically, we're we're primarily in 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 India. We've got a couple in the UK as well, based out in Notting Hill. And what are so far the main challenge you faced in both companies? Or yeah, I mean, there's the the the, the business challenges. I, uh, <laughs> it's a, it's a good question. There are many, and and um, I think cash flow is, is is always a problem, and and managing that is very important. You know, working with the right people, establishing the right Agreements with them, so equity agreements for founders, and you know, not giving, you know, something we did with our with our first business, which was really really sort of foolish, was, or I did with with um, the first business was work with two other guys who who were not full time, and they had they had a lot of equity in the business, and it was very hard to balance that out. So, you know. And, but, but probably there was a lot of blame on my door because I kind of took it too seriously and actually just needed a decent conversation. 
Um, so it kind of goes back to um, you know not worrying about things too much. You know, you've only got something of value when it's sort of you know when you really feel that that you've got value coming, and then and, and often a lot of things come out in the wash. Um, so founders' problems come out in the wash through VCs saying, look, we can't invest in you now because you, this founder's got way too much equity. You know, he, he needs to, and he's not, he's not involved in the business on a day-to-day -day level. Like, we'll need to water him down. Yeah, so, uh, sorry, I've lost track of my, what was the, what was the question again? Uh, mainly about um, uh, the challenge you faced in both companies, but... Yeah, yeah I, mean, I do the, think the, the, the yeah. cash flow is the other one. You know, you just got to have enough cash in the bank, you know, got to keep the fuel running. Uh, or the engine running and, and the fuel coming in. And so, you know, don't underestimate the importance of raising money if it's a software business or, or ensuring that you've got revenue coming in. Um, you know, that's pretty, that's pretty important. Asking for money is, is, is pretty key. And do you have, uh, I don't know, other advice more about career or for people who are running their own startup, perhaps they are starting and if you have advice to give to them, like? I think, I think I've, I've largely covered it, you know, um, I think, you know, the, just to reiterate, the important thing is you've got to, you, it's all very well having an idea and a concept, but you, you've got to be able to raise money. Um, so have an idea of where that money's coming from. It, if, you, if you break it down and, you know, don't, don't be afraid to ask for advice. Um, I mean, I wrote, I wrote a blog last week, which, which I tend not to do, but I'm trying to, to do more marketing, which is why I'm here. <laughs> and um, the and the blog was talking about how you set up a business and and the leanest way of approaching setting up a business is in my opinion to um okay i've got a concept and then i'm going to set up a um a landing page or a blog in order to communicate that concept to somebody and then the next stage would be to then get feedback on that concept um from you know, ideally objective people. So you conduct primary research yourself, or if you've got a small budget, you can you can approach, um, you can use Google or Facebook and do some basic kind of uh, ad testing, um, and then you can validate your concept. and And you can you can understand. You, then you've got to make a gut judgment: Have I validated the concept? There's no there's no kind of point where it says, "Okay, that's that's validated." It's it's a human um, judgment. And, and at that stage, you know, with, with the UK, you can, um, you can use SEIS and assuming you've got a kind of decent validated concept and a, and a half decent team and a decent business model, you can then hopefully raise some money because SEIS is, is fantastic um, and it reduces, you know, the, 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 the early stage investors risk by over 50% and nearly up to 85%. You know, so actually that, you know, their 10 quid that they're investing in you is only Risk, they're only risking one one pound fifty of that, which which is just you know it gets, it, and that's it's possible to get anybody off the ground um, with that 150k, and the 150k gets you you know if if spent wisely to to the right place. So to finish, a tricky question: Is it more difficult to be a CTO or a CEO? Yeah, you can't answer that question, can you? I mean, no, so you're going to be deeply unpopular. Uh, it's. Uh, you know, each have their, their challenges. So it's about what you're interested in, right? I wouldn't advise somebody who's technically more interested to, to take a CEO role because, you know, they're not going to want to be doing investment <laughs> meetings on a daily basis. I, I do my best to avoid um, large crowds, which is probably why I should be a CTO rather than a CEO. Um, what, what I do is, is I take a kind of really sort of process-driven approach to it, um, and I'm actually doing it kind of quite a lot at the moment, 
is I will um, kind of list down what my network is at the moment and, and the people who might be relevant to me, um, and then kind of trying to communicate with them um, in some form or another. I'm doing that through a blog. You know, if you want to build your network, you want to get out to, to events, um, you know, but relevant events where, where you're comfortable um, as well. And I, I think kind of just finding, finding your own balance is, is important. And then, and then it's, you know, the, the key thing about networking is, networking is a horrible word. It, it's, it's really just about relationships. And it's like, who do you get on with? Who do you like? Who, who likes you? And, you know, that's the kind of person you'll sit down and have a drink with and, and have a, you, you, you know, beneficial conversation that could make, you know, something of value to you and your business or, you know, what, what your idea or the business you're working with, whatever it is. I'm doing quite a lot of gardening at the moment, right? And I think it's, it's quite a nice analogy of gardening and, well, the kind of creating fertile soil for a startup. And, 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 and that's what the best incubators do. So I don't really like the term incubator either. But, you know, if, if you know, some, some people that we emulate are, are entrepreneur first, who are very good at what they do, and they, 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 they bring out the kind of best founders and bring them together, um, you know, they, they, they have fund, funding on hand. Um, y Combinators, obviously, you know, right up there and, and, and do have, have multiple success stories and, uh, you know, the best mentors in the world. Um, it, you just want to create a kind of a decent environment for people to be able to give their, 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 their kind of their business model a go. Um, and that needs investment, that needs kind of general advice um, and... Um, yeah, and obviously more specialized advice, you know, w within that. Um, I prefer not to make it to type, you know, this is a three-month course and, and um, you know, that's, that's it. I think, I think things need to gestate a bit more. But, um, but equally, if you refer back to kind of the, the, the kind of the gardening aspect of it, it's like, you know, a seed needs to germinate at a certain point. And so you can't, you can't just kind of drag it out for too long. But... You know, if you're creating wild flower, flower meadows, you can, um, if, you, if you pull off the topsoil of your kind of your, your grass or whatever it is, then seeds will germinate that have been there for multiple years. And, um, you know, so I think that's a, a sort of interesting idea to think about is that, you, you know, if it doesn't happen for, you know, in the first three months or six months, there's no reason why it couldn't happen three or four years down the line. You know, often the businesses are, that I'm working on are, are too early. So you've got to just be kind of patient because eh, a lot of that is, is, is about timing. I'm glad to say that the, despite me not being a girl and, um, and also the CEO of ShopUp not being a girl, the, the rest of the team are female. Um, and, um, you know, I'd like to think that that, that that will kind of be a key part of the culture, um, and and it's in in many ways that's that's quite attractive for tech companies to 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 have like female dominated to be female dominated because the tech world is so kind of bro um, dominated and that's a bit of a nightmare I think um, with gravity. Um, you know, I don't think Richard pretends to be an environmentalist, and uh, I'm not going to pretend to say that he's, he's solving an environmental problem. But uh, but he's doing something very innovative. Um, is only 
I think you can buy his jetpacks for 200 grand a piece in Selfridges or something, but you know, there's not a lot. There's not a lot out there, and it's cause, causing a kind of drop in the ocean. And, and maybe it, you know, it's a it's a drop in the ocean from a kind of carbon perspective. But um, if you think about how many people he's inspiring from an innovative perspective, and the seeds of um, creativity that that he fuels from, like being a farmer to a well, I'm not sure he was ever a farmer, but you know, flying around on, with the jet suit on his back is 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 pretty cool. And we need to, you know, that's where we kind of don't need to, you don't want to take it too seriously because as long as the, the, there's an ethical compass in kind of what you're doing, um, then I, I think it's 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 relatively important. I mean, I think you know another thing you could shout at me about Shop Up is or say to me about Shop Up is you know it's a it's a consumer brand. It, it's flogging you know fast fashion, I and mean, that's like one of the worst kind of businesses around and you know I, th I suppose i take the view that you have to be in it to be able to change it and and it comes back to like um how how you approach it so you know one of the user experience things that we're thinking about in shop up is is having a kind of go green mode so you can just look through um, clothing which is sustainable or um, you know bringing in feeds where you're, you're you're using secondhand clothing and that kind of thing um, but you've got you've got to be in it to change it I think uh, you know otherwise you're outside of society and you're essentially a sort of freak which you know I have a lot of respect for as well but um, but it's hard to change from the outside it's easier to change from the inside it's important to validate your concept I think so you, get, you can understand how confident you can be about it um and then you know creating the mvp is is a process in itself um but you know maybe kind of outlining three two or three key features and then you know finding the right team to be able to build that mvp with is um is pretty fundamental the the biggest biggest mistake that we see is that people get to the app store and then they're like oh i've got run out of money or um you know what's marketing and um you know, it's all very well building these things, but you, you've got to sell it as well. So that's a, you have some budget for marketing or have some, some cards up your sleeve to be able to raise the money um, and don't necessarily build it without knowing the answers to both of those questions. Because what do you do with an app that you don't have any budget for marketing? You're struggling. You, you, you need people to write checks. You know, there's, there's a bit of dem democratization of it with regard to crowdfunding and Kickstarter and these kind of ideas. But ultimately, you need to, you know, the, the funding process goes friends, family, and fools, but they've got to have money to begin with because no matter how well, you know, kind your friends are, your family are, or, or your foolish friends are, if they got no money, you know, they're not going to be able to fund your, 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 your business. And um, you know, then you move into a kind of angel round, then you move into a VC round, and um, you've got to have some kind of ability to 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 raise that money. And I, so either you've got to be a good salesperson with no network and to develop that network on the go, which is harder, or you've got to have that network in place or work with somebody who has got that network in place. And you know, that's the undemocratic element of of the world. Um, so yeah, but good, good question, and and I think it's important. You've got to you've got to ask these questions before, before starting, because 
and be true to yourself about it because otherwise you can really put, find yourself down a rabbit hole. Um, you know, whereas if you alternatively spent two years in Google, made some, you know, you know, it'd be wonderful to work at Google, make some good friends, kind of build, build on your reputation a bit more and it's much easier to raise money. Thanks for listening to Lewagon Live. Tune in next week for another episode. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe by hitting the subscribe button.